Let's go ahead and jump in and take a look at the first family, the first family today. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, uh, this whole chapter 1 is the beginning of the world. And, and it's, you know, day 1, day 2, and what all God created and how He, how he did it. And then we get to day 6. And it said, then God said, in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. And then in verse 28 it says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. We've got to experience that today. See that today with these beautiful babies, right? Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So we see God using and creating the world, but then He says, You, Adam... I want you to be over all of it. Now, notice that the first family that ever existed did so before man was ever created. Notice what he says here. He says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea. Right? So, so we've got the triune God in the very first chapter of Scripture. The, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are represented here. And, and it's one God, three distinctions. One God, three essences. I, I wish I could explain it better, but a God who is eternal and, and represents Himself in that way is kind of hard to understand with a, with a human mind. Right? It's, it's impossible to know how that works, right? Because your first thought is, well, when did God start? Well, He didn't start. He's always been. Okay. I don't, I can't grasp that. I can't understand that. But He is. And I took a class, I think I've told the church this before, but I took a class in uh, seminary over the Trinity. It was over a whole semester learning about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we get to the end, the last day. It's our test. And there's no test. He just asks us question, one question. He says, tell me, describe who the Trinity is. Okay. And so he started at the beginning. I always sat in the back of the class, right, because I was that guy. And uh, so he started at the front. And I'm thinking, oh, this is good because he's starting in the front. I can get kind of everybody else's and I can come up with my own. And uh, and. Every person would kind of give their own definition. You know, one God, three essences. Yes, but you're missing this part. Okay, and you know, then you go to the next one. Yes, but you're missing this part. And nobody could fully and adequately describe God, the Trinity. God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he got to me, and I already knew what was going to happen, right? And I was just like... Do you even want me to do this? Really? I mean, because... And, and the whole point of this whole semester... And I felt like I wasted my money. But the whole point of the whole semester was for, for us to understand you can't describe God 
as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and one adequately. And so I think about that and how amazing it is that a God who reveals himself to us in so many different ways loves me in such a deep and, and understanding way. And so, um, to get more details about how day six went down, turn to the next, the next chapter, Genesis 2, verse 20. Genesis 2, verse 20 says, In the sixth day there was livestock. They created, God created all the uh, animals of the land. And so in verse 20 it says, So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord's, Lord God made a, man, a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, this, this little paragraph is so rich, okay? Um, the, the, the first thing you need to understand here is that the first family we see is God. Right? God himself is family. But then the next family that we see is Adam and God. Right? He's walking with Adam, and Adam's, he gives him the responsibility to name all of the animals. You know, he says, All right, you're an ox. What are you good for? All right, you're going to till the land, I guess. And you're a monkey. Uh, okay, go into the trees, and we got a rat here, and a rooster here, and, and you got all of these animals. But nobody he can really relate to, right? I mean, do, do any of us have, like, a marmot running around our house? Anybody have a ferret or knew somebody that had a ferret when they grew up? Y'all ever see those? Who relates to those, those animals, right? I mean, it's just nobody can understand. And then God said, all right, you need a human companion, right? You need somebody that can really relate to you. And so he puts Adam into a coma, and he pulls out a rib, and he creates Eve. And notice what it says, and it says, and he brought her to the man. And you, and you read that next, next statement where Adam says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, and she shall be taken out of man. And when you read it like that, this is bone of my bone. It sounds kind of boring. But you got to picture this in your mind, right? This is almost as a father walking his, walking his daughter down the aisle to, to his new... Uh, soon to be son-in-law, and, and, and you just see Adam looking up going, oh, she's different. She doesn't look like a cow at all. This is fantastic. That was a horrible, horrible use of word, uh, animal. She doesn't look like, you know, any, any animal at all. I apologize. And, and so this is fantastic. And so when he's, God's walking her down to Adam, he's, he's basically saying, girl, how you doing? Come on, God, get her, get her here. And, and the bone of, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Let me go show you around the garden. Come on. You know, and so we've got this, this thing. But, but notice something here. Before Eve, there was God. And God came first. And God always comes first. And we look at this story, and we can understand companionship. My, my neighbors uh, recently lost their dog. It was a... 
kind of dog was that? The Chihuahua, right? And they live forever. If you've ever had a Chihuahua or seen and known somebody, they, they live for like 40 years, right? It's just ridiculous. It's crazy. So it passed away, and they were sad. And um, a few months later, they said, well, we, we're going to get a cat because cats take care of themselves, right? And I don't want to start a war here because I know we got cat people and dog people. And, all right. But cats take care of themselves and all of that. And, and so they got two cats. And they were going for one. But they walked in and they saw, you know, cats are so cute when they're kittens. You can't resist a cat when it's a kitten. But they grow up to be like mini lions, right? And they're just, um, they're just waiting to kill something, right? And that could be you. And, and so they're going in for one and they see the kitten and oh, it's got the big huge eyes, you know, like the anime kind of cartoon. And you're just like, oh, it's so cute. And they start to walk away and then they say, well, but when we're not home, what will he do? And they got that cat looking up at him like, oh, I need a little companion. And so they brought two home, two kittens home. Well, they took them back within three weeks because it turns out the, the wife was uh, allergic to kittens, to cats. So the kids were not happy. But nonetheless, uh, we, we did the same thing with, with uh, our dog. Right? Show a picture of Tucker there, Michael. You got that up there? Oh, oh, you can't see it as well. He's so cute. Yeah, so Tucker is a, a mini woodle. And that is a, it, it sounds like a really sissy name, I know. But it, he's, a, he's a woodle, right? Yeah, you can, he's, not a, he's not a Rottweiler. But he, he's a, uh, what is he, a Wheaton Terrier and a mini poodle. Both of those uh, breeds do not shed. And so we were real excited to get a dog that didn't shed. And I drove to Florida to go and pick him up. It was just me, and there were two Woodles in this place in Florida. This, this place, it was, I mean, way off the beaten path. I, you know, I heard banjos. It was crazy, that kind of thing. Woo. So I drive up, and she's got two, this, this lady, this dog rescue lady, has two Woodles in a cage not too much bigger than this. And they're, they're puppies, right? But they're, one was actually two, but they're small. And, and so they're both in this cage. And on the way there, I'm talking to, to leave my wife. This is my wife, Lee. And I said, she said, well, wait, you're just getting one, aren't you? And I said, well, what if, what if they need a little buddy, right? She, She's like, I'm, I didn't sign up for this. And she's convincing me, and I'm, I'm kind of saying, no, we're going to. We might get a companion. Uh, and, and so she pulls, the dog lady pulls out the first one, and the two-year-old is a female, and she, something had happened. She had like a jaw that was pointed this way, and her teeth were sticking out. And you put her down, and, she, and you, and you kind of go to pet her, and she's just like, Aah! I thought, eh, with three kids, I don't think you're going to do well in our house. And then she put Tucker down, and Tucker's just as playful as can be. And so I only brought one home just because the other one, but almost, almost. Everybody needs a companion, right? We get married for love and companionship and so that we can do more for God's kingdom than we can being single. And so this is what we see here with Adam and Eve, the first human family, but God still comes first. And then... We see sin, if you read on, sin enters into the world and the serpent, you probably have heard the story, the serpent deceives Eve, right? And then Eve 
goes to Adam and, and uh, she convinces Adam to disobey God because that's what they're doing here. They're not just eating fruit. You know, eating fruit's not a big deal, but it's the, the fact that they're disobeying God when he told them not to. And then suddenly everything changes and God finds out. He kicks them out of the garden. And it says, and he tells them, Adam, it's going to be hard now for you. It's, it's going to be tough. Work's going to be hard. Things aren't just going to pop out of the ground for you anymore. You've got to actually put some muscle into it. And, and ladies, uh, moms, you know this. The labor is going to be painful, right? And then, and then there's another statement where, and you can go back and look at this. He says, there's going to be marital control issues that will occur. Now, uh, I've never experienced these in, in my marriage, right? But uh, maybe some of you have. Uh, and so there's always that, that tension of control. But God didn't just kick them out and leave them. God is always with them. And he's always walking with them. And then we come to chapter 4. We jump over to chapter 4, verse 1. And it says, Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. And later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. So the family expands. And what does she say after she gives birth to the first, her first child? She says, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Now I want you to kind of get this scene. Okay? There, there is no birth yet. No, no, nobody's had a baby yet. So this is a very apt description of the first child. All of a sudden, she's, she's hurting. She's got a belly. She's been growing for nine months, ten months. What is it, nine, 40 weeks. Sometimes it's ten months, sometimes it's nine months. Anyway, it's growing, and, she, and all of a sudden, labor pains. It hurts. And then the baby comes out, and Adam's like, hey, I got a boy, all right! And she says, I've brought forth a man, right? That's an apt description because it's the first birth. But she doesn't just say, I've brought forth a man. She says, with the help of the Lord, I've brought forth a man. God still comes first. God comes first. Your spouse comes second. And your children are third. Now, the reason it's like this, and the reason God does this, is because, one, he's very smart. And two, your children are going to move out one day. You hope, right? You hope. My wife does not hope that necessarily. She does, logically, but in her heart, she's already thinking about condos we're going to buy at the college that they go to and all of that. I'm like, where are we getting this money? I don't know what you're talking about. And, and so they're going to move out, and then it's going to be you and your spouse and grandparents. Some of you have experienced this. And all of a sudden, you look at your spouse and you say, Hi, I'm Jason. And you have to reintroduce yourself. If you haven't been dating and you haven't been loving one another, because it's real easy to invest all of your energy in your children. And we need to implement, implement this now so it doesn't become an issue later. Like grandparents, can I talk to you for a second? I know that many of you don't live close, 
I know that just the, you got the Byrams that do, and I know the, the Chazanoff uh, family does not, and that's okay. But here's the thing. For those of y'all that live close, I want to encourage you guys to intentionally invest in your children's marriage by taking their children away from them. And I know y'all do that on a regular basis, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I know that you guys who live far away, I mean, I know that they've come to visit y'all in Florida and Virginia and Virginia, right? Right, Virginia. Yeah. And uh and and they and they come visit and you guys give them some time, which is so awesome. Um but what you're doing when you do this is you are intentionally investing in their marriage, right? Now you got to kick them out of the house and say go on a date and get out of here and you got to deal with the phone calls back, you know, when they're eating dinner, and then, oh, the baby's fine, and here's a picture, and then the text, did, did he eat okay, and all of that, right? Yeah, I'm not making fun of anybody, I promise, right? Uh, you Guys, Mark, Laura, Josh, Tiffany, all of us that have children, we have to intentionally invest in our spouse. We have to, because one day, it's just going to be us again. Right? Leave and I, uh, to save money on babysitters, we'll, we'll go out during the, the school day, um, so at lunch or something like that, when she's off and when I'm off, and uh, uh, sometimes we'll just go to coffee, get coffee, right? There's a billion coffee places around here. Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll actually kick it up a notch and we'll go to Chick-fil-A. Hey, they... Yeah, they have servers now. They do. You can order. You order at the, uh, at the counter, and then you go sit down, and when they call your name, you just raise your hand, and they come to you, right? Now, for, for, for Leave and I, we can do it on uh, 12 bucks, right? And then I'll, I'll go back and get more. But that, that's, if we really want to get fancy, we'll get dressed up, and then we'll go to, like, Zoe's Kitchen, okay? So that's, yeah, that's fancy food right there. Um, Zoe's Kitchen, for those of y'all that are from out of town, it's not much fancier. It's like Chick-fil-A, but natural or something. I don't know. It's supposed to be good for you, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. They do have district, and yeah, I can't, I can't go in there. I'll get, I get fat just walking in, in the door at District Donuts. So, um, no, it doesn't matter where you go. It just matters that you're together, Okay. Um, right now we've got Ty in, uh, we just finished up basketball. He's about to go into baseball. Eli just finished up basketball. He's in judo and Sage just finished up cheerleading. All right. They're 11. Where are we at now? 11, 10, and eight. Nailed it. All right. Um, and so like during the afternoon, we're passing each other on the interstate, waving at each other. It's ridiculous. And then we come home and we do three hours of homework. And it's easy to invest all your energy in your kids. But it's real, real hard unless you intentionally invest in your spouse. God wants us to be intentional about putting him first, our spouse second, and our children third. That's the order he has created. We need to recognize the priorities that he has Set. Now, here's the thing. You tell your friends, you tell family members that maybe don't know Jesus, they're going to disagree with this order. 
They're going to say your children should be first. They're going to say, no, that's not the way it should work. They're going to say, if you do it that way, there's going to, there's going to be a lack of love. But look, who's going to look at this kid right here and say he's not? Look at those cheeks. Look at Trip back there. I mean, look at those cheeks. Y'all ever seen Deason's like mischievous grin? Oh, how can you not love that, right? That is all because these children are loved, but you guys are putting each other first. The thing that every child needs is to see their mother and father love their heavenly father before anything else. A child needs to see their mother and father love each other more than anything else. Because when that child grows up, when Titus grows up and he sees how Laura and Mark have loved each other, that's what he's going to imitate. And that's what he's going to want to implement in his own life. God is asking us to trust him in the order that he has preserved and in the way that he has created marriage and family so that you can experience his love in your family to the fullest. Now there's one more family that is integral to all of these. And that is the church. We are to provide and support a place of worship so that each one of these children can hear God's word. Now you can hear them rumbling over here a little bit, right? That's just because there's, what, four of them today? Five of them today? When there's seven or eight of them, you can't hear me half the time. And we're okay with that because we know they're having fun and they're learning about Christ and, and if that means I get drowned out, look, I can talk to you and call you during the week and say, hey, let's talk. But they are getting this from their family, from at home, and then they're getting it here. And we want to support that. And that's our role as a church and as believers in the body of Christ. We have a responsibility to teach the good news about Jesus Christ to the younger generation. It's an awesome responsibility. Every one of us know this is an awesome responsibility to have children. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, Lee and I are really thankful we're out of the baby stage, right? We love getting your babies and watching them, but then we love the whole grandparent thing. Grandparents, you got to, you know, you sugar them up, and you get them going, and you're like, here you go, have fun, woo! And then you go home, and the baby's up for a few hours. I don't know why he's up for a few hours. I don't know. What'd you feed him? Uh, pancakes and uh, what else? That was uh, some of those sticky things. And he was licking something off the floor. But it's, it's all right. It's okay. We love, we love this. Lee went to go uh, babysit Titus the other day. She was so excited. She's like, all right, okay, I get to go baby. And then he passed out and went to sleep within 10 minutes of her being there. And so I could just see her just kind of staring over him like, up and he never did and it was aggravating so y'all got to give her a second chance on that it's an awesome responsibility and it's hard we like where we're at now but it's different it's still hard it's still hard as they grow it it doesn't get any easier it just gets different and and you guys know better than me as they grow and get older and even your children have kids it still is just different right and so our job 
is to prepare these children so that they can go out into the world and share Christ with others. Our job, as we talked about this morning, as we dedicated those three beautiful children, is to train them up in the way that they should go. Now, this training is not like fight club, okay? They're not going out and they're not, they're not going to take on the world. Their, their training is very countercultural to the world. God asks us to intentionally lead them in following Christ so that one day they can grow up and make the decision on their own that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. If you tell them about Jesus, they will follow Jesus. But if we don't and we just let life go on and fly by, the world will tell them all kinds of things. And the world is very convincing. They've got all kinds of theories and principles and things that sound like truth but are not. And so we must feed them spiritually so they grow roots that are deep and wide and so that they love Jesus. Our children are part of God's plan to lead the world in the next generation to Christ and to show it peace and love and hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ. But they're not going to be able to do this unless we are intentionally putting Jesus first and our spouse second and them third. Let me pray for us. Father, we as a church pray for each and every one of our children as they beat up on the walls, as they have fun next, in the room next door, as they are growing up as infants and babies. Father, we ask that you through your Holy Spirit, will nurture them and speak to them and draw them to you. We ask, Father, that you would use each grandparent in this room in a mighty way, each parent in this room in a mighty way. And Father, we ask that you will do great things through our children. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.